Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss season three of the Fox TV series Fringe. From a sister's point of view, I'm Sister Jay. And I'm Sister Kay. And welcome to episode 25. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, we are going to talk about episode 8 of season 3 of Fringe, entitled Entrada. We're not going to have no explanation or nothing? No. Let's just get on and into it. Okay. All right. Okay. So, Entrada. <clears throat> okay. We start off the episode... With a kind of a recap from the previous episode, The Abducted, where Peter answers the phone and it's a lady calling him to tell him that Olivia was trapped in the other universe and um, uh, she wanted to call and let him know. Mm-hmm. And she saw someone disappear in front of her eyes. Mm-hmm. He hangs up the phone and looks over at faux Olivia and she's <laughs> kind of snuggled down in the bed and she asks him who called. He tells her it was, a, you know, some, he won a sweepstakes and um, rolls over and lays back down. And she snuggles up against his back to sleep. He's looking at the clock. And it, <coughs> excuse me. It goes from like 1230 to 215 or so in the morning. And he's still got his eyes open. Mm-hmm. He gets out of the bed, kind of sneaks out of the bed, goes into the living room to look around. He's looking in the desk and he's looking in drawers and stuff. He doesn't find anything, but then he sees Polivia's computer next to his. He tries to log on to it and gets a um, password-protected file and attempts several incorrect passwords when Polivia walks into the room. She asks him what he's doing. He says he's sending an email to a friend in Greece. He tells her um, a Greek phrase, and she's, she asks him what it means. And when she does that, he kind of stares at her and realizes it's saying his Olivia. He plays it off and tells her it means be a better man than your father. She tells him that she's going to go back to bed and he tells her he's going to be there after he gets a drink. He goes into the kitchen and pretends to get a glass of water from the cat, a glass from the cabinet and goes back towards the bedroom to grab the gun that he left on the side table when Folivia comes out of the room pointing the gun at him. She asks him what gave her away. Was it the phone call he received? And he, he didn't really answer her. He says, how did she do it? And come back with them from the other side. She tells him that she can't give him any answers. She grabs this little box with a syringe in it and a vial and tells him and throws it at him. He asks her if it will kill him. And she says, not if he does it right. He feels, <laughs> he feels the needle and asks her what her mission is. She stays quiet, and he tells her that he understands why she can't tell him anything, because if the liquid in the syringe doesn't kill him, she wouldn't want him to have any information. She asks him if he will come after her and kill her, and he tells her he wants to get answers, but if he finds out that she did anything to Olivia, then he will kill her. Mm. 
He gives himself the injection and then sits back in the chair. He looks like he's paralyzed in place. Olivia checks his pulse and tells him the paralysis will wear off in a couple of hours. She then grabs her laptop and leaves the room, leaves the house. Uh, we next see the typewriter repair shop owner opening up the typewriter store and Olivia kind of appears behind him. Uh, he gives her the key to the room with the typewriter and she types a note to the other side that her cover is blown and she needs extraction. So we next see Peter being examined by a medic while Walter is kind of looking there with a lot of worry in his eyes. Broyles is amazed that no one noticed anything for eight weeks and asks Peter if she gave him any indication of where she was going. Peter says no and he asks Walter how they can get back to the other side. Walter tells him it's not possible without Olivia's help, but there may be something he hasn't thought of yet. Broyles asked Peter what he was doing at her house at 2.15 in the morning when he was given the, the paralytic. Walter tries to cover for Peter, but Peter stops him and tells Broyles that since they came back, him and Olivia became more than friends. Broyles just kind of stands there and goes, I see. And Walter rushes in to tell him that Peter, uh, tell Peter that it's understandable and then tells the story of when he wandered into the wrong house back <laughs> in the 70s. Peter notices that Olivia took the wrong laptop with her and Broyles gets another FBI agent to decode the files. Um, back at the typewriter shop, Folivia is pacing and looking out the front window and the shop owner tells her that he's been waiting for seven years and that her kind isn't good at keeping their promises. She tells him, um, she doesn't say anything, but she goes to get onto her computer and realizes that it's Peter's and she looks kind of angry. Uh, we next go to the alternate universe and we see Broyles entering the Department of Defense offices on Liberty Island. Walter Nitt is in, um, looking at the message from Olivia while talking with Brandon. He tells Brandon they need to provide her with an extraction point and to narrow the harmonic field so they can determine a smaller target. He tells them to use the girl since they have gotten all they need from her and she is equivalent mass to their Agent Dunham. Brandon asks him if he wants to send their Olivia back dead or alive. Uh, we don't hear the answer, but we see Brandon leaving the office and telling Broyles that um, Walter Nitt's waiting for him. Broyles goes in and Walter Nitt tells him that the only one, that only one world can survive and that their Olivia will be returning shortly and her mission was a great success. Um, Broyles and Walter toast to her safe return, but Broyles looks kind of, you know, worried. He, as he's walking down the hall with another army guy, um, a door opens and Olivia is being dragged out by two soldiers screaming and hollering. She's struggling and when she sees Braille, she starts begging him to help her. And we go to a commercial and we come back and we see Peter and Astrid watching videos from Olivia's laptop. And it was videos of Olivia and all of them that she used to try to learn about them. Mm -hmm. uh, there are also files from all their cases, but nothing else. Walter comes into the room upset that he has not determined a way to cross to the other side safely. He feels like a failure despite medicating himself and taking <laughs> accurate doses of his brown Betty. <laughs> Broyles comes in and tells them that they found 17 pieces of the device and at 530 a.m. that morning, Olivia used her clearance to access the FBI storage facility to steal a piece of that device. Peter hypothesizes that she was sent over to find some of the pieces since Walter Nett couldn't find all of them on his side. Uh, 
Broyles asks Walter if he has any thoughts on how she may try to cross to the other side. Walter is eating one of the pastries that Folivia bought him in a previous episode and tells them that he has nothing and no idea how to bring their Olivia back. He goes on a little tirade of how Folivia was a temptress and <laughs> used her carnal manipulations against Peter and he fell right into her vagina. Which after <laughs> like, vagina. Oh, which, Lord. I need to use that word. Although I don't know where I'm going to use it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he tells him that he too fell prey and that she used his stomach to get through to his heart. Mm-hmm. He puts the box of pastries down and Astrid remembers that Folivia used to tell them mm-hmm. that she passed by the bakery on her way back from the federal building, but the address on the box is in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, but we go back to the typewriter room and we see Folivia get a message. Uh, she tells the shop owner that if he wants new legs, there is one more thing she needs him to do, and she hands him a large metal box. Broyles, Walter, and Peter <coughs> arrive in the Bronx and each take a business to question the people inside. Walter decides to go into a pastry shop, and Peter goes into the typewriter repair shop. He shows Folivia's picture to the shop owner, and the shop owner immediately tells Peter he's never seen her before. Peter walks around and comments to the shop owner that the typewriters um, seem to be very retro for them to be in that high-rent retail space. The shop owner tells Peter that people come from all around the city to, to him for help. Peter notices his laptop on the counter, and the shop owner takes them to the room with a single typewriter. He tells them that they promised him new legs. Walter tells them that it's a quantum entangled telegraph, and Peter takes the ribbon out of the typewriter and rubs it over a piece of typing paper, or holds it over a piece of typing paper, so they can see part of the message, which they do, and it states Penn Station in Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Back in the alternate universe, Broyles is in a bar drinking a beer. On the TV is a memorial tribute to commemorating the 20th anniversary of the East River Vortex. Everyone in the bar is watching it and looking kind of sad. He finishes his beer, grabs his Fringe Division logo hat, and gets up to pay his bill when the bartender tells him his money is no good there. He tells Broyles that times are tough and it's good to know they have heroes. Olivia's in her cell looking at herself... In, a ref- in the reflection of the spoon with her uh, lunch tray and notices all these markings um, all over her face. The door suddenly opens and a soldier puts a chair in the room and Broyles comes in and sits down. He tells her that he wanted to come and see her and thank her for not telling on him. She asks about Christopher and he tells her that he's sleeping through the night again and he owes that to her. He asks her if there's anything he can do to make her more comfortable and she says... Well, you're not here to make your, me more comfortable. You're here to make yourself more comfortable. Mm-hmm. She asks him if he knows why she has marks like that on her forehead. <clears throat> and he kind of looks at her. And she tells him that they're going to send her back uh, to swap for their Olivia, but they're going to kill her first and cut out her brain to study it. She asks him to help her, and he tells her that he can't because his world is dying because of what her world is doing to theirs. She tells him that whether he believes it or not, her universe is not at war with his and that it all started with a man coming to save his son and she came over 25 years later to save that same boy who became a man. She tells him that if he lets her die, her side will strike back and there will be a war. But if he lets her go, she will do everything in her power to find another way for both the universes to live and to survive. 
He asks her if he's supposed to trust, distrust what she's saying, and she tells him that if he doesn't trust her, then there's no hope at all. A doctor comes in with several syringes or a tech, and Broyles tells her he's sorry and leaves the room. As he leaves, Olivia is watching him from the floor of the of the uh, cell through the window. Mm-hmm. Okay, and later on that evening, this is Jay. I'm gonna make this real quick. Later on that evening, Broyles has gone home and he's talking to his wife. And his wife is, you know, trying to tell him, well, you know, maybe you ought to listen to her because, you know, Olivia's almost always right. And, but, you know, whatever you decide, you're a good person. I know you'll make the right decision. And Broyles, <clears throat> Colonel Broyles says something about, well, you know, he doesn't know whether to trust her or not. But if he doesn't, then there's really no hope. So he re- basically repeated just what Olivia told him. Now, the next scene we have. We see poor Olivia. We see a drugged Olivia. She's lying face down on this surgical bed. And Broyles, uh, and, and they're getting ready with the little buzzsaw to saw open her head to take her brain out. Just then, as we hear someone burst into the operating room, shoot the people, and then Olivia's looking all terrified and everything, but she's paralyzed. She can't move, but she's awake. And, of course, it's Broyles. And he busts in, and he shoots uh, Brandon with one of those sedative darts. He didn't kill him. And then he, he, you know, tells Olivia, I'm here to, you know, get you. And she says, you came back for me. She's she just really, really pleased. So he realizes that she is uh, paralyzed. So he he's fumbling around for this adrenaline uh, uh, shot. And he says, uh, okay. I'm going to have to do this. And Olivia's just telling him, oh, no, don't. And then she's going, ouch. Because he shoots her in the chest with that adrenaline shot. The next thing we see, Olivia and Broyles booking it down the hallway. They are running down the hall. So they dash out of the lab. And they go into that special lab where Olivia uh has her little flashes, and she sees all these bags of cortexaphan. And, and, of course, she tells him, well, you know, they now know that I have this chemical called cortexaphan in my brain, and these should help me to cross over. So she's gathering up a whole bunch of those uh, bags. And then she's doing the computers and getting everything ready, and then she notices that the tank has been drained. They drained that tank. So about the time she realizes that, all the alarms in the whole lab and the whole facility are going off. And so Olivia says that, you know, she can use the tank at, at Walternet's Harvard lab. And so Bros is looking at her and he gives her this look like, how does she know about his little Harvard lab? Anyway, so Broyles says, well, I'll get you there because they've got patrols all around that Liberty Island. So I can get you there, though. Meanwhile, over in our real universe, at Penn Station, there's a shapeshifter that meets Bolivia into the restroom. And as he's talking to her, he's injecting her with these little small harmonic rods that she'll need to transfer her back to to, uh, her universe. And as they're talking, a woman walks in. And she says, oh, excuse me, I didn't know you were still cleaning, you know. And, of course, we could kind of look by the way they're looking at this woman and they're going to do something to her. Big mistake for that woman to go in the bathroom. Anyway, so by that time, Peter and other French officers, they arrive at Penn Station. They all fan out. They're looking for Bolivia. 
And Peter is the one that spots Bo Livia and the shapeshifter coming out the bath bathroom. And so he yells at her, you know, Olivia. And they run back into the bathroom, of course, exchanging gunfire. In just a few seconds, Bo Livia reemerges from the bathroom and she's holding this woman hostage. Of course, it's the woman that went into the bathroom. So we kind of figure it's a shapeshifter. And, you know, Olivia's telling her, drop your guns, drop your weapons, or I will kill her, you know. And so all the officers are getting ready to lay down their guns, and this girl walks up behind them, and she's screaming, Mom, Mom, you know. And, of course, an officer's trying to grab the girl so she can't get there. So Peter asked the woman who's being held hostage by a Bolivia, what's your daughter's name? And, of course, the woman doesn't know because she's a shapeshifter. And so the woman doesn't say anything, and Peter says two or three times, what's your daughter's name? All of a sudden, Peter shoots that woman in the head. Boom, it's a shapeshifter because, you know. And Bolivia then, she gives up. She's busted. So so Bolivia, while they're, they're at the Penn Station, she tries to tell Peter, that she really did care for him. And, of course, he's not buying it, thank goodness. And later on, one of those agents bring Peter uh, uh, Bolivia's backpack. And inside the backpack, uh, as he's searching it, he sees that little strip of pictures they took. You know those little pictures you take in one of those little picture booths where you put a quarter, or nowadays it's a dolly in, probably $5. And uh, they take little, little phone booth pictures of you. So, And he's kind of looking at those like, I don't know what he's thinking, but anyway. Meanwhile, back in the alternate universe at Walternet's lab, Olivia's all ready to go. And she's got her and uh, Colonel Broyles, they have filled that, that, that metal tank that Walter, Walter uses in his lab uh, in our universe with uh, water. And she's uh, getting all her little shots together and everything. And, but... They, they hear some little sirens and stuff in the background, and Colonel Broyles shows her this little chip, like, you know, just like when you chip your dog, you know. He's got this chip under his little wrist, and he says, oh, they're tracking me. You know, I'm too valuable to them to not know where I am at every moment, so, you know, they're coming, so you need to hurry up. And he says, look, in the end, he has to believe in hope, so, you know, do your thing. So Olivia gets into the tank, and, of course, she slips into the water, and is closing her eyes. And as she's closing her eyes, we hear these people who have entered the room and they're telling him, freeze, you know, put your hands up, whatever. And so we know Colonel Broyles is being arrested. And about that time, then Olivia, or our Olivia, she opens up her eyes and she's back in our universe in Walter's lab. And of course, she climbs out of that little metal tank and Astrid is just there in the lab and she's got... A, a, a glass beaker and some other stuff in her hand. She's just walking across the room, uh, going over to the sink or something. And, and of course, Olivia comes out of that tank. And Astrid's looking at her like, what, Olivia? And she drops everything. And so as soon as Olivia uh, uh, stands up from the tank and Astrid is really smiling at her, she's so glad to see her, then Olivia collapses on the floor. So the next thing we see... Olivia, she's, of course, in the hospital, but meantime, back outside uh, uh, Penn Station, Bolivia, the fake one, she they have arrested her, handcuffed her, and put her in the back of this little paddy wagon. Now, I just got to interject one little thing here. All 
do that. Wait. Okay. okay. Go, go. Anyway. Let's do our... Okay. So, Broyles is saying uh, that, you know, Olivia's back and, or, or, our Broyles gets a phone call from Astrid saying, Olivia, our Olivia's back and she's at the hospital. And, of course, Astrid is, is taking her to Boston General. And, Everybody's so pleased, and Peter's getting ready to go, and everything. And in the meantime, um, Walter is—he's got one of those little bitty harmonic rods, and he says, "You know, I've seen this before, but I just can't place it." Hmm. And he kind of hears a little light humming from it. He says, "Peter, wait a minute! I know what this is. These are those harmonic rods. This is a little replica of a harmonic rod that we used—that was used to um, uh, send Walter it back over to the other universe." About that time, that paddy wagon starts shaking and whooshing, and Bolivia is gone, and uh, Broyles' doppelganger is in the paddy wagon, burnt up dead. With a bullet hole in his forehead. With a bullet hole in his forehead. They done shot him and sent him over. Oh, that is just so mean. Anyway, so, you know, we know now that they used him, Walton it used Colonel Broyles, the dead body of him, to, to affect the transfer because you have to have equal mass every time you transfer somebody over. Anyway, so back at Fringe Division in the alternate universe, it's the next day and Bolivia has come in to Fringe Division and she's just all cocky and, you know, strutting in and stuff. And Lincoln comes over and, and uh, he's all excited because he's telling her, look, I, I'm all healed and all of his burns and everything, they're all healed up and everything. And... You know, he said, it's just like nothing ever happened. And so Bolivia's kind of looking at him laughing and say, yeah, huh, that's just what it's like, you know. But about that time, Agent Farnsworth walks up and she's really worried because she says, uh, have y'all seen Colonel Broyles? He's missing. He didn't, he didn't uh, come in today and I called his wife and she said he didn't come home last night. And, of course, Bolivia knows what happened. So she's just kind of looking kind of guilty like, but she's just looking. She's just staring, you know. She looks up at his office. Yeah. Now, it back in our universe, we see Olivia in the hospital bed, laying there. And, of course, Peter is sitting by her side. And uh, when she opens his eyes, uh, her eyes and stuff, of course, Peter's saying he's so sorry that, you know, he should have known. And she says, well, you know, th there's no reason to... For him to, you know, feel bad because he, for, you know, all intents and purposes, he thought she had made it back. But that... Because of Peter, she eventually made it back to our universe and he saved her life. So Peter kisses her on her little forehead, but you can tell Peter's looking real worried. Then we go, <clears throat> the last scene is we go to the typewriter shop where the little owner of the typewriter, he's sitting there waiting for this shapeshifter who's, who's uh, getting these big needles ready and he's ready for his legs. And the little shop owner's just talking, you know, just kind of small talk stuff. And when he sees that needle, he's thinking, oh, Lord, you know, uh, I really don't do well with needles. And the little shapeshifter guy, he's just going on about his business, just nice as pie. And then he tells him, okay, um, you know, it's time. So he gives him this shot. And then he starts putting the syringe and everything away. And the shop owner says, uh... Is that it? And he says, yeah, try it out. So, the, and it's kind of pitiful too. The shop owner stands up and he's kind of wobbly and stuff, but he's walking 
without his little crutches and stuff, and all, albeit very wildly, but he's walking, so that's kind of, you know, sad. And then we see the shapeshifter, and he, get, he gets this um, big metal box, and he opens it up, and it's one of the pieces of the device that Bolivia took from that armory. That's it. The end. Woohoo! Yeah, that was a good one. Okay. <clears throat> what I'm going to say. Let's go by person. Okay. Something. Okay. So who do you want to start with? Well, I like this episode. I really I like the episode. Except for, let's start with Broyles. I didn't like the fact that his doppelganger got killed. because Me neither. He, because he was really, really help, helping her. Yeah. But I thought it was excellent how it was done. How they used how Walternet... Walternet is a real good villain, though. But how they used his mask to bring Bolivia back to their universe. But then Broyles saw himself. He saw himself all well, burnt up. And, Broyles, and I liked how they did... Him through the full episode. Yep. I mean, he's really beholden to Olivia for mm -hmm. helping him out with his son and thinking of stuff that no one would have ever thought of because she's had these other experiences. Exactly. In her universe. And she's like a dog with a bone. She doesn't give up. She doesn't mind standing up to him. She doesn't mind all that. And I think he admires that. And then on top of it, the fact that she's helped him with his family and yep. get his son back to somewhat of, you know, feeling better. He feels bad knowing what they're going to do to her. Yeah. But it took him some convincing to figure out, okay, I need to do the right thing. Well, no. And I like but that. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think he is doubting, he was beginning to doubt Walternet. Yeah. Because because the stuff that Walternet was telling him about their universe versus our universe and stuff wasn't jiving with what Olivia was saying to him, but Olivia would have no reason to make it up. Well, I don't even think it's that. I think it's he's seen, because Walter had shown him that he hasn't been telling him the full truth. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I think he believes her because she was so, when she was begging him, help me please, in that cell, mm -hmm. I like that scene too. I like when her and Broyles get together and talk because they have good, chemistry to me they, on the screen. They really do. She was like, please, you know, <clears throat> you know what they're going to do to me. If You have to trust me. We are not at war with you. Mm -hmm. We just came over here to save a boy, <clears throat> to save a man. That's it. We're not over here trying to do anything else. It's true. And in everything that she said, he can see there's no hate there, but he can see that hate in Walter and eyes. Well, what I thought was excellent with the writing there between Broyles and Olivia is <clears throat> As I pointed out, when she, when he was visiting her in that um, uh, cell and they was getting ready to inject her, getting ready for surgery and stuff, and she told him, look, if, if you don't believe me, then there is no hope. But then when he talked to his wife that evening, the wife, then I wrote a note about it, and the wife tells him that their world has, has seen enough pain yeah. and that we need to restore hope. And that's what did it for yeah. him, I think. That's what did it for him. Mm -hmm. He thought... Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. She, she right, she right. Only yeah. thing, the only thing this episode would have, would have, um, I think even been even, even more better is somehow they could have worked Henry into it. You know, I like that character. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I like this that. This is Henry the only character. thing I say too about this episode is 
you know, now that she's back in, in the real universe, uh-huh. we're not going to see as much of the alternate universe, which I really like seeing because it's got I all the... I think we still pe- might because I think they're going to be plotting. Well, but we don't... But they're not going to have a reason as much for us to stay there like we've been able to stay there this season because Olivia, our Olivia, is there. So to have a whole episode on the alternate universe, I don't know if we're going to have that still, which kind of makes me sad because I really like seeing Charlie... Royals, but now he's gone. Uh, Lincoln. I like seeing their interaction there. I disagree. I think we're going to still see it because I think Walter did. He know, okay, I was so disappointed that he, he, he found out and, and has been able to synthesize the Cortexafan. Therefore, they're going to be doing a whole lot of stuff with that Cortexafan. Oh, maybe. And Walter Nett has even more incentive now. Because Olivia, Bolivia is going to give him some excellent intel. Yeah. And she knows the locations, even though she doesn't have her computer anymore. But she knows enough about the locations of all the rest of those devices that, that they're going to start sending operatives and, and stuff, too. However, I have a feeling that the um, uh, August and September and all them, uh, the little watches, they're going to have something to do. They gonna, I think they're probably going to maybe intervene or something because but anyway be that as it may but um one thing i wanted to <clears throat> to say let's see and see you had interrupt me so i gotta go back on my note and see. you always jumping all over the oh, place okay this is what i want to say when they arrest bolivia now you got all these fbi agents and everybody but they're going to put her in the back of a paddy wagon alone and shut the door. That is not happening in real life. Number one, they keep that door open until they're ready to leave the scene. And or number two, there's at least one or two officers in the back with them. Yeah. So I didn't like that part at all. Because I thought it just wasn't true to life. I mean, they should have made it more true to life. Fringe is not going to be true to life, first of all. Well, well, but it's a TV show. That's and true. And it had to happen for her to be able to I understand transport. that, but because I know those things, then it was jarring to me. I didn't like that. Well, the thing that got me <coughs> was, <coughs> well, as far as the arrest part, uh-huh. she's kind of grinning a little bit to me. I thought she was kind of smirking. She was. And I was like, this really... Would you really be smirking? I don't think so. I think so because she'd already been fitted with those harmonic devices. She doesn't she, know. She didn't know that would work. She was a, when she was in that paddy wagon, as you call it, and her palms started glowing. She did not know that was going to happen. She was just as surprised as us watching it. I don't think she knew what was going to happen because she's never done that before. But for her, when he, when Peter came up to her, she was arrested and was smirking. I'm thinking really. Honestly, would you be smirking? I wish I would have made her look more remorseful just for the fact that um, she was starting to feel something for Peter. I totally disagree. First of all, the shapeshifter in the bathroom, he was telling her things as he was injecting her with that stuff. She knew exactly what was going to happen. I don't think so. Yeah. She knew exactly what... She knew that they were going to be displacing somebody else to get her back. And she knew that she had to have those little devices. She may not have known what they were, but she knew that 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 had to do with 
her getting back to my the other point universe. is this her smirking and smiling and acting like she was so tough and hard i think was a front but she really did care for him and i wish it would have well, showed sure. that a little bit more and he could tell because when he lived in her backpack she had taken that strip of pictures of him and her yeah but now, why else would you take those pictures of, of y'all back unless she had some feelings there and they should have, to me, show, let that show through a little bit more. She tried to show it when she was saying, I really did care about you at first. Da, da, da. You know. I, thought she, I thought she behaved exactly like Bolivia would behave because that is her personality. Now, the one thing I didn't agree with with the arrest was he's about 20 yards from her ass. He's going to yell out, Olivia, stop. Why wouldn't you wait till her until you were like five feet from her with the gun to her head instead of well, calling out way like that? Right. To me, that was like I don't think they would really do that. Right. But you know, now I going back to Olivia, Peter, when he got that phone call and got off the phone, played that shit off so good. Yeah, he did. But he, I don't know. Uh, that's another thing. I did not understand how she caught on that quickly because she normally, Bolivia, normally does not catch those things. Because you are right, Peter was playing that stuff off. And when he told her that little Italian or Greek phrase mm -hmm. and she didn't know it, oh, what does that mean? She already knew that she messed that up. Yeah. She already knew she messed it up because she knows Olivia has uh, got a photographic memory. Mm -hmm. So... When she asked that question, that's when she knew she messed yeah. it up. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. But and he was kind of, you know, he played it off. But believe me, she knew. She was probably like, oh, shit. Why did I mm -hmm. ask him that? She, she should have just said, oh, okay, whatever. That's just like Newton told her. You were going to mess it up. You were going to mess yeah. it up. Yeah. But when he played it off and was laying in the bed and said, I'm, I'm going to get up. Oh, man. And, and wait a minute. I made a note of it. The, when he got that call, that it, the clock said 12.15 a.m. And he laid there to 2.15. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. Ooh. Mm, mm, and before mm. he got up. Before he got up. Now, that took some discipline. Thank you. Because <laughs> I wouldn't want to punch Turn her in say, the face. See what the hell? Yeah. Where my Olivia well, at? First of all, I would have wanted to tie her up or something first. Well, that's what he probably should have did. But yeah. he was thinking. Yeah. Well, what he was doing was, which I get, he was going to try to play it off. He was going to try to confirm it first. And try to figure first. out. Where their Olivia was first, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and she knows how valuable Peter is to everything. She, we knew she wasn't gonna kill him. Yeah, she couldn't have killed him no matter what. Well, because then she'd have to explain that to Walton. Well, they need him for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. So, and but, he he understands that too. But I love when he was she he was trying to ask her what's going on and what have you done to our Olivia, and she's like, well, I can't tell you anything. He's like, oh. Well, we could share a bed together, but you draw the line of questioning? Mm. Huh. Oh, yeah. Trying to kind of call her out, be a hoe a little bit. Mm. I was like, go ahead, Peter, well, go I ahead. Thought it was, I thought it was interesting when he told her, well, if I find out, when she was injecting him with that paralytic thing, uh, if I find out you've done anything to Olivia, I will kill you. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, he know you're not going to kill him, see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Walter didn't need him. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And oh, then at the end of the episode when they find her and he's at the hospital, I thought that was a really good, even though I haven't liked 
the Peter Olivia storyline mm-hmm. or faux Olivia. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was a well done scene when she wakes up in the hospital and he's looking at her because you can see the guilt. Oh yeah. And the anger and the worry and everything all in his face. Yep. As far and, and as well as the love, but he knows she's done effed it up. Yep. And when she's looking at him and she's like all smiles and said, You got me through it. You're the reason I'm here, thinking of you and da da da. That's when it really hit and his face was kinda like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that was a really sweet scene. Well, you know, we knew that was going to happen when he was saying about that senator who was a shapeshifter. Well, you know, the wife should have known. I mean, all the little things, yep. you know, all the little little ways, I'm sure, that, yeah. you know, he was different than the real husband, Um, you know, and you're with a person on a daily basis. You should have known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We knew that was going to happen. And then Walter was so funny because he was trying to cover for Peter and be like, yeah. um, well, you know, it's just normal for you to do things like this. And Well, I was really the one who told him to come over here, you know, trying to make uh-huh. sure he didn't get in no trouble. Mm-hmm. Peter's like, look, I can handle it. Let me just tell him what happened and go on from there. But yeah. there, were some really, there were some really good scenes. I'm just glad that Olivia's back in our universe. I don't care whether Bolivia made it back or not. I really didn't care. Yeah. But I just wanted our Olivia back so all this Peter shit could be done. Uh, done. Yeah. And settled one way or another. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's the main thing. So at least they've done that part. And there were some really cool scenes in the alternate universe this time on Walternet's desk um, when he was meeting with Brandon. There was a picture of Ted Kennedy. Lord so I don't know if he was mercy. supposed to be the president. And then um, Central Park, where Broyles and his wife were talking, it was an aviary. It wasn't really a park. It mm-hmm. said Central Park Aviary, so how all those birds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when they went to Penn Station in the alternate universe, it was Springsteen Station. Yep. Which I thought was kind of cool. So mm. there's all kinds of little different little details like that that I think is just really neat that they put into the show. I want to know where Nina Sharp is. Oh, yeah. In the alternate universe. Well, where is she at? We've been talking about that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I haven't seen her yet. Yeah. Well, okay. we had um, a couple of shout-outs. Not really shout-outs, but people email. Okay. Um, one, we, got, we heard from Kalila, and she had not really watched Fringe before. She was one of our listeners for um, True Blood, okay. I believe, and had never really... Watch Fringe, but she is now getting into Fringe mm. and says that she enjoys it so far. So cool, another convert! Hello, yay, welcome. <laughs> and then, um, we got an email from Sabrina, hey, who welcomed us back from our last episode <laughs> and says that she loved Entrada and can't wait to listen to our take on it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Sabrina, hey, Sabrina, we get it done. And then we also had a voicemail, which I'll play right now. Okay, cool. Hi, Sister Kay and Sister Jay. This is Nadine. So, uh, just watched the latest episode of Fringe. And I had a couple questions. Um, and with the fact that the problems with the, between the worlds is being, was being caused because Dr., the first Dr., um, um, Walt, you know, Walter went 
over to get his the doppelganger, doppelganger Peter Bishop. <clears throat> I don't understand why Walternet wants to go between worlds. Yes, I know he wants to go between worlds to wage wars, but wouldn't that make also make his world more vulnerable to all the rifts that are occurring? And why, if he already knows how to how to send people through and you know back and forth using the tuning fork method, why does he need Olivia's brain or Olivia's skill? You know, our Olivia. Um, it just was kind of I didn't quite understand that plot line. It I don't know. Just um, I just like to get some discussion about that. Okay, well, thank you, Nadine, for that um, uh, uh, voicemail. And to answer your question, okay, Olivia is the only human being who can travel back and forth between both universes without any detriment to her body or the universes. She is the only one, period. Everybody else has to use those harmonic rods or some other method and it and it makes a tear in the universe or it alters that person that is why when they all got together once before and they went over to get peter uh, remember that episode that one guy died or yeah the one guy he he just didn't make it because well, every uh, right olivia was with <clears throat> him too well uh, true but <clears throat> she wasn't her she does the best when she is in that water having nothing but her, it seems to me. She can move freely back and forth and back and forth. See, as long as somebody's yanking her out. But that's the whole reason. Now, the whole reason that Walternet wants to be able to go back and forth to this universe, and that's because he wants those pieces to that device. He wants all those pieces. So he's going to have to be able to come over to our universe or send his operatives over to get those pieces. And that's what, that's one of, that was the main task that Olivia was supposed to find, Bolivia was supposed to find out when she uh, switched places. Yeah, I do think he wants to get over to the, to our universe to get those pieces. Yep. Now we still haven't figured out why. And he keeps talking about this war mm -hmm. and wanting to save their universe. I think too, he, he knows by now from talking to Newton and some of the other shapeshifters that are there who've been there for a while, yep. that whenever someone goes to their universe, the alt-universe, the world doesn't tear up. No. There's no wormholes. Nope. There's no amber stuff that they have to fill in. They, they come and they might have some issues with their bodies. Right. But they don't have those <laughs> same problems. So I still don't think we know his full end game yet, but I do think that one of his main reasons for sending her, of course, was to get to Peter, get him relaxed enough to work on that machine, yep. to find all those pieces, and to use Peter and Walter's minds uh, because Peter somehow is jacked into that machine and is the only one who can make it work. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as um, Olivia, I think, yes, Olivia is the only one who can right now go in between universes without any issues. I think the only one still alive because in that one episode where the other... Uh, where they did go over, the, they caught those other two people and killed them. Yep. So, and he wants to be able to, to figure out a way to do it too. Yes. We know he's smart, but he's not as smart as our Walter. He really we isn't. We know that because our Walter's the one who figured out how to save Peter. 
and had to go over there to save him or else that Peter would have died too. Yeah. We And our Walter's also the one who figured out there was another universe and how to get over there. So we know Walter is not as smart. Maybe it's because he's so evil or, mm-hmm. you know, he's just so consumed with be. other shit that he's not even... He don't even come up with the same stuff. So Well, this is what I think, too. I would be interested to see the two Walters get together. Well, they will eventually, but this is what I think. This is a part of my belief as well. <clears throat> and that is, Walternet is bent on destroying our universe because I believe Walternet believes that if he destroys our universe then his universe will no longer have those tears in it. Because, see, this is the point. And you brought up a very good point. When people travel back and forth in our universe, nothing happens to our universe. We don't have those those vortex holes and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But they do. Each right. and every time, they do. So, Walton, it's not that dense. He knows. <clears throat> I think that he probably is afraid or suspicious and afraid that our universe was the first universe and somehow theirs is the second. But he wants it to be reversed. Huh? Well, that's just what I what I think. I don't think all that. Yeah, that's just what I think. Whatever, yep. For whatever reason, he wants that machine to work and that's what he's going well, on. Well, he wants it because it's supposed to be able to destroy this universe. That's what he told Peter. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, you know. But that was a good... Good Thank question. you, Nanine, for that voicemail. Yeah, that was a Our good Our first question. caller in a while. Yep. <laughs> Special prize for Nanine. <laughs> All right. Well, if, if anyone else would like to send us a voicemail, you can do so at 972-692-7341. Our email address is sisterspeak at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash sisterspeakpodcast. And we're also on Twitter at underscore sister J and underscore sister K. Yep. And that's about it, right? Uh, yeah. We don't tweet too much about um, friends, though. No. We do about other things. Because I'm really watching it when I'm yeah, watching Yeah, see, because we're trying to concentrate too much, you know. But, yeah, I but love we it. are on Twitter, though. Yes, so. we are. And we <laughs> enjoy talking to all kinds of people on Twitter mm-hmm. this last couple months. Mm-hmm. So, um, please send us your feedback and stay tuned for the next episode which we'll have shortly okay that's it for now sister k and i'm sister j see you next time Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.